maybe he was a little bit ticked off as well. Because Ja Morant is back. He's hitting game winners. We're recapping everything from Tuesday. Four games in the NBA. We're giving out awards. We're looking at waiver wire trends. He's still him, Michael Bolton. Thanks, Josh. It's Michael Bolton here, and it's time for another episode of the Locked On Fantasy Basketball Podcast. Let's get to it. Let's get to it. Indeed. You are Locked On Fantasy Basketball, your daily fantasy basketball podcast, part of the Locked On Podcast Network. Hello and welcome to the Locked On Fantasy Basketball Podcast brought to you by Basketball Monster. My name is Josh Lloyd and I have done nothing wrong ever in my life. And I'm also the lead fantasy analyst at basketballmonster.com. And you can find me on Twitter as always at redrock underscore b-ball, on TikTok at redrock underscore b-ball, and on Instagram at Locked On Fantasy Basketball. Today's episode is brought to you by Game Time. Download the Game Time app, create an account, and use the code Locked On NBA for twenty dollars off your first purchase. Thank you also for making Locked On Fantasy Basketball your first listen every day. We are free. We are available on all platforms. Why don't you become a double banger? You listen on the audio side and then you watch on the YouTube side or double or vice versa, double bang. You watch first and then you download and listen to the audio. It's a great way of being part of the Cool Kids Club because that's Cool Kids Club all with C's. Okay, all C's. That's what we're doing. Make sure you are, even the kids are spelled with a C, just in case, just to make sure. Go and be a double banger. Listen on both platforms and uh, I reckon we might be in for a fiery show. Ah, it's not going to be that fiery. We're just going to talk about stuff that's happening in the NBA. That's what we do, isn't it? We don't get fired up. Let's look at the action from Tuesday, Tuesday. I tweeted this out today. I'll say it on the, the, not everyone follows me on Twitter. Fair enough. That website's disgraceful. Anyway, um, the word, how do I, D-U-E, D-U-E, right? That word that I say it is due, right? When's it due? Past due date. He was due for a big performance. Americans say do. And I was thinking to myself, what, how do you guys say that word as do, but then the word do as do as well, right? They're very clearly different. I mean, that's ridiculous. Idiots with bad pronunciations. What's going on? What's wrong with you guys? And then I thought to myself, huh? Yeah, but then Josh, you say it as do, which is the same word as J-E-W, or the same word as the water that sits on the grass on a cold morning, D-E-W. I say them all the same. There's the, uh, the dew on the grass. It's past its due date. So anyway, words are dumb. Life is dumb. Fantasy basketball is cool. We are going to talk about everything that we need to talk about here. Let's talk about some news. Oh, that's another one of those ones. I say news and you guys say news, don't you? Maybe you don't. Maybe I've lost my mind. That is definitely uh, that's what happens. It's Christmas, my guys. Let's talk about um, Tory Craig, who had an acute heel injury, according to Billy Donovan. As Donovan went to look up what the word acute means, we got an uh, update that he is actually out for eight to 10 weeks. Yikes. That is a long time. I actually don't think that it impacts someone like Patrick Williams. And that might sound stupid. What it does do is it means that there is less ability for Billy Donovan to bench Patrick Williams and start Torrey Craig. But Williams was getting his 31, 32 a night every night and Craig was playing 18, 20 off the bench. It hurts their depth. Maybe they have to play Julian Phillips or it's the Red Rooster Terry Taylor. But for most people, um, that's not going to have so much of an impact for the majority of them. So look, that's that. Paul George popped up on the injury report for tomorrow. Is it an injury report if he's actually ill? Well, it's an illness report. He's sick. So he's questionable for tomorrow. If he is out, Norman Powell becomes a better stream there on a 10-game Wednesday. 
Jim Butler out a day in advance with a calf injury. The frustration with this bloke continues. The annoyance of his lackluster performances, missed games. Um, we thought it might be annoying this season after he was relatively healthy down the stretch last season. And it's probably been that. And then he hasn't tied it in with like great top 15 per game production. It's been pretty frustrating. On more positive news, Wendell Carter Jr. is back. So is Kyle Lowry tomorrow. He only missed one game, but Wendell's back. And now we get a chance to see what on earth happens. And I get the feeling we won't get an answer. I think they might run three centers. I think they might run Wendell off the bench. I don't know about that. I would add Wendell Carter, but I wouldn't be feeling super good about it. And I wouldn't be feeling uh, miffed if I missed out on adding him. But I think I would add him. Like he's been a proven top 100-ish sort of player for multiple years. Goga Badadze is only playing 24 minutes, 22 minutes as a starter. Does he go to the bench? I wouldn't drop Goga yet, but maybe I will. Uh, we'll get more information tomorrow. We're either going to get a lack of information or a definitive information. And definitive means Wendell starts, plays 28, and Goga plays 20 off the bench. That's relatively definitive. The Goga will be the backup. But if we see Goga start, play 20, Wendell ease in with 18, and Mo Wagner play 10, that is that tells us nothing like, at all. And that just gives us more time to wait till we find that extra information that at some point, at some point will come. At some point will come. Let's look at some waiver wire trends across fantasy basketball over the last 24 hours. Who are the most added players? Number one is Isaiah Jackson. And I was going to give the update in the news, but I'll give it now. I've already given it on some of the previous shows. But Isaiah Jackson has been added because he was great last game, up 21%. But both Jalen Smith and Miles Turner are both now questionable. So there is a little bit, legitimately a chance that Jackson plays zero minutes. They've got a Wednesday, Thursday back-to-back. So you would think that the return of Smith, he's not going to play both of those games or Turner could sit one. That is possible. But there's also, again, he could play zero minutes, Isaiah Jackson. He could play 25 and both guys be out for both games. That's true. It's a bit of a hit and hope. And that's okay. That's, okay. that's what we stream for. Eric Gordon and Grayson Allen, 17 and 9% respectively for those guys being added. We talked about the Suns having only two games but being a better schedule than many, many three-game and four-game teams because they play two qualities, Tuesday, Friday, and then it moves into next week with Christmas on Monday and Beal is out. So they're both addable. They should be rostered and they were. Good. Andy Wiggins up 14%. He was really good um, in the last game. The Cardinal legend has been terrible all season, but now he's is he driving back into fantasy value? We'll find out. We'll talk about the Warriors game later on today. DeAndre Hunter up 8%. His uh, last game was pretty good. While they got injuries, he's fine to roster. I don't think it lasts long term, but he put up a very, very good line. I'm just waiting for the 14 points on 41% with two rebounds game that's coming next. And then Taylor Horton Tucker up 7%. Yeah, Keontae George is out. Horton Tucker should be rostered. That one's a relatively simple one. It's a short-term one, but that is why we do streaming. Let's look at the top drops over the last 24 hours. Number one is Caleb Martin down 21%. That might, it might be useful again tomorrow with Butler out. But yeah, we saw pretty pretty troubling minutes in the last game. Kevin Love also questionable for that heat game. So Martin could easily jump back up on Wednesday, but it's fine to drop him. Bilal down 19%. Yeah, I think that's a bit, bit too much. He was trending up and up and up and up. Had a couple of, one dud and one mid game. I do think that teams in positions of power should be holding on to Bilal just to see what happens over these next week or this next week or two. We like to get ahead of it especially if we're a strong team. Killian Hayes down 11%. Get that garbage out of here. Yeah, he doesn't need to be rostered. Well, Kelly Oubre Jr. down 10%. Possibly the right call, except Nick Batum's out now. Covington's questionable. Marcus Morris is questionable. So does Oubre get a start on Wednesday? 
Hmm. I, I do think Ubre will become a drop, but I also said let's hold and let's wait. That would have worked out well. The other Kelly, Kelly Linick down 7%. Yeah, he's probably a drop as well, but I feel like he's going to be on and off and on and off. And Alf Stewart down 7%. Yes, good. No, absolutely no need to be rostering Isaiah Stewart because I actually, what I did, I was doing, because there's only four games, I'll tell you, obviously. So I wasn't so, um, I wasn't so yeah, bothered by the, I wasn't bothered, I wasn't like, my brain wasn't taken up by watching a million games at once with four games on and only one of the, or two of the early games happening. So I wasn't um, yeah, particularly uh, taxed in that regard. So I was looking up a, a bunch of stats, right? As you do. That's what I do. Um, and Isaiah Stewart had like, it was like 40th percentile steal rate in his um, in his first season as a rookie. And then he's been under 10% every year since. And steal rate is one of those things we go, oh, that, that actually usually means a lot in terms of uh, value for players as they move forward. And he has become one of the worst at that. Nearly every one of his numbers has gotten worse over his career. I don't know why I'm going on about that, but I was just reading it going, man, Jesus Christ. He fooled us after year one, didn't he? I, I was like, I hated the draft pick. And then there was like, oh, well, I guess he's actually serviceable. No, nah, no, nah, I was right. I was bang on with it and should have stuck to my guns on that one. Today's episode is brought to you by eBay Motors. The legends over at eBay Motors have partnered up with me, a semi-sub-legend, who hosts this semi-sub-legend podcast to bring you some of the best fantasy picks each week, all season long. So when you're scouring the waiver wire and looking for players that you can go ahead and add, eBay Motors and me are here to look at them. Tari Eason, he's been scooped up in a lot of spots, but still over 40% available. He's not starting, and I don't think he's going to. But there seems to be something every game, whether it's Shengun foul trouble, Smith foul trouble, Jalen Green, Jalen Greening, um, Dylan Brooks, Ejek, whatever. Whatever it is, there's always something to get Eason to 26 or 30 minutes. And that's all we need. I didn't know that we'd get there. I didn't know that he'd bench those starters to get Eason there. But there we are. We're here. It's happening. At him. And hopefully he can do that long term. Is that a perfect fit on a championship team? I reckon Tari Eason might be that guy actually in real life, but we'll see. Getting a championship team, though, is about the perfect fit, and that is the same as your vehicle. With over 122 million parts for your number one ride or die, you can make sure that your ride stays running smoothly. Brake kits, LED headlights, roof racks, bumpers, whatever it is that your baby needs, eBay Motors has it. And with eBay Guaranteed Fit, it's guaranteed to fit your ride the first time, every time, or your money back. Plus, at these prices, you're burning rubber and not cash. So keep your ride or die alive at ebaymotors.com. eBay Motors, let's ride eBay guaranteed fit only available to US customers, eligible items only, and exclusions. Exclusions apply. Okay, that is, oh, that's all the waiver wire stuff done. That means we can get into the games because we're here to talk about the Memphis Grizzlies who staged a really remarkable comeback to beat the New Orleans Pelicans with um, a huge, a huge comeback led by one and only Jar Demetrius, Demetrius Jamel Morant. So let's look at what Jar did. He was straight back into the starting lineup, and this time they couldn't afford to mess around and ease him back in. He played 35 minutes. This guy only averaged 32 minutes a game last season. 34, 6, and 8. Didn't hit a single three in fist. In fact, he in fist? No. In fact, he missed all five of his three-point attempts, which is nothing new, uh, nothing unusual for him. But 34, 6, and 8. Two steals and a block. 50% from the field. 10 of 12 from the line, an amazing return, a fantastic performance. But let me throw out something that is controversial and you will almost definitely not do it or be able to do it. One of the biggest sell highs you'll ever see here. Is it possible to do it? That's the question. 
because I will see questions thrown around a lot to me. People in points in points leagues, not a sell high, ride it, right? Don't worry about that. Ignore this if you're in points league. In category leagues, listen here. Because I would get a number of questions. Man, what do you think when Jar comes back? Is he going to come back to be his top 20 self? I'm like, oh, are you category league points? Yeah, oh, category league. I'm like, no, he's never been a top 20 category league player ever. Not, not remotely close to that. The best you can say is in a minus one, he's like 40th, 45th. Right, but people just have this idea that Ja Morant, because he's an all-NBA guard, that he's a top 20 fantasy player, and he isn't. He never has been. But one game, it's only one game, he's sixth here. Sixth per game. It's one game, obviously. But if that mentality exists, where Ja is a top 20, top 15 category league player, he's back, the excitement's everywhere, every NBA player's tweeting about it. If I could get a top 20 player back, I'd do it. It's almost going to be impossible to pull off Giggity, but I'd look into it because, again, this it's all about hitting your timing markers. When are you doing it? Is he going to be better than this? Is he going to be 83 from the line? Probably not. Two steals and a block, no chance. 34 points, no. None of this stuff is going to maintain, obviously, and a lot of, lot of managers will know this, and you won't be able to do it, but someone will. It'll happen somewhere. Someone will buy into him breaking out top 15 player rest of season. Not breaking out, but being a fantasy breakout. It's worth it's worth looking at. Jaron Jackson, 30 minutes. Got, had some foul trouble. Of course he did. And of course, the coach tried to foul him out. He ended with 24 and 6 and 3 blocks. Well, 15 free throw attempts. Uh, unfortunately, he didn't hit enough of them for it to be a positive. While Desi Bain had 21, or 1 and 5 with 3 threes. Bain and Jackson struggled a lot early on. And then they really cranked it up second half. But what about... VCU legend Vince Williams Jr. He started, he played 35 minutes. He only had nine points, but had three threes, seven rebounds, three assists, blocked a shot. He's been good. Marcus Smart is likely back on Thursday and then Canard following after that. And that's going to be harder for Williams to maintain value. But in deeper leagues, like he's, he's actually just good, I think. And as a rotation guy, when they're running a lot of rotation guys who aren't good, he can hold there, and that's a deeper league scenario. Santiago Dahmer's maybe one of those guys. He's not good. Eight points, 16 minutes, two threes, one steal, one block. Get that garbage out of here. Yeah, you don't need to roster Santi in 10s or 12s, probably 14s, to be honest. I know that a lot of people had a lot of hope for him. He's almost like a better version of Nikola Jovic. Look, he's fine, but he's not the guy that I think that some people think that he is. And then the center position just continues to be a, I don't know. And and in standard leagues, we just avoid it. You stream him, but it's an avoidance situation. Biombo didn't play yesterday, but they started him over Tillman, and then Tillman closed over Biombo. So like, mm-hmm. 22 minutes for Biombo, eight points, steal and a block. Tillman had seven and six with a steal in 20 minutes. At least he hit a shot. It's going to be, there's going to be a stretch where Tillman plays better than where Biombo plays better. And honestly, you just don't care. Like, just don't bother with it in the majority of leagues. Deeper leagues, sure. I still like Tillman over Biombo in deeper leagues, but I'm just not caring about it for 12 teamers. David Roddy played nine minutes. He is getting absolutely, Taylor Jenkins is going to play him, Jack Armstrong, in the locker room. He's getting jacked all the way out of this rotation when um, Smart and Canard return because he, he remains bad. Zoe Williams played 18 minutes for four points as well. So cool. On the Pelicans, where should we start on this one? Let's start with the good, because Ingram had 34, 4, and 6, 37 minutes. He had two steals, 61 and 92. That's a really good game from Ingram. CJ McCollum, it looks great on the surface, doesn't it? 18, 3, and 6 is good. Six triples, 67% from three. 
But there are a couple of little cracks forming here. Low usage, which is what we want, 13 usage, but some horrendous shots at the end of the game. And he still feels always too overly involved to what his skill level should be on this team. I know he's a solid enough player, but I don't know. There's just... He just shouldn't... I don't know. The coaching is bad at the moment, I think, on this team. It, it, it doesn't make... And the roster construction is not great either. I just don't know how McCollum makes sense in this squad. He's fine. I've, I probably was way too low on him in draft season. We'll see how that ends up at the end of the year. But I, I don't know. There's just a lot where I watch him. Like, what, what are you doing? And those last shots at the end were, were putrid. Valanchunas. The big minutes for him continue. 33 minutes, 22 and 14. Triple one, 75%. With Larry Nance injured slash washed... Valentunas has to be the option, even though a Valentunas-Zion pairing doesn't work all that well. We're just loading up on JV. And then that brings us to the three trouble situations. Number one is Zion Williamson. I love, I always love, it's one of my, actually, when I'm watching the NBA, it's one of my favorite things, is when a coach decides to foul out a player just so the refs don't. Don't worry, refs, I won't let you do it. I'll just, I'll take care of this myself. I'll just do it. Zion got early foul trouble. He finished, of course, with, what, four fouls? I think, yeah, four fouls and played 25 minutes. I'm not saying that Zion played particularly well because he didn't. He was a bad negative. He had 13, three and four. He shot poorly. But it's Zion Williamson, man. Like, you probably want him out there and not play him 24 minutes to protect him from fouls that you end up fouling him out of the game. Again, these coaches are all so ridiculous with this one. Shout out to Mark Dagnott, who actually knows what he's doing. The insanity on this is crazy. Anyway, Zion continues to be just a complete pudding. He just is doing nothing. It's a huge buy low, but honestly, I don't even know where to go with him. I don't know what to do. It's just frustrating how he gets used. He feels checked out. He looks out of shape, of course. I know that he can dominate. It just doesn't, it's just not happening. And then you get to Herb Jones, who I, I was going to say famously, but I'm not famous, so it's not famously. I said many times, I think he might just be a defense specialist. And then he went out and put up these gigantic numbers. Oh, Jesus Christ, I guess I'm wrong. Or it was a hot streak and I was right to begin with. Seven points, 30 minutes. The shooting has fallen back because let's be fair, he is a shitful shooter and he's not doing anything. Seven, one and two. And when you rely upon low volume defensive stats, you are going to look fine with averages and shit house in so many weeks and cost your team a lot. So I just don't like these sort of players in fantasy. What do you do with Herb? I think in 10-team leagues, he's gone. Get that garbage out of here. I think in 12-teamers, it's very borderline. You know the rule, though. Is he your worst player? Is there something better on the wire? Then make the switch. And then as for Trey Murphy, also not a good game. Seven points, 21 minutes. No peripherals. I was also very steadfast in my belief that Murphy would not get near that top 50 or whatever nonsense number Yahoo put up last season. He needed a lot of things to go right. He still hasn't had his preseason. He's coming off surgery. I believe he is a hold, but he's probably more a top 100, 110 player, I think now, versus anything remotely close to top 60. So some real disappointments there for a bunch of Pelicans and a bunch of Pelicans that we like. Just frustrating stuff. Today's episode is brought to you by the Game Time app. When you're buying, I don't know why, why do I sound like a robot then? The Game Time app. If you've got the Game Time app, you can download it and buy tickets to events because that's what robots love. We love going to watch sporting events, theater, 
comedy, maybe. Who knows? Musicals, maybe you want to keep somebody in your life happy because they enjoy the legitimate theater. And you don't, but that's fine because you can get these tickets and have great peace of mind to know where you're going to sit, to know the prices and not get ripped off. Game time has the all-in pricing so that you look at the ticket for the theater and you see the price and you go, Gee, am I going to get slugged with a fee here? A um, powder room fee, a lighting and dolly grip fee, or is it just all going to be included? No, it's all included. That's what Game Time does. It doesn't muck around. It is not here. Oh, I can't say that on an ad. I definitely I can't say that part. They're, they are here to give you the best experience. And in fact, what they're also here to do, Game Time, is take the guesswork out of buying tickets. Download the Game Time app, create an account, and use the code LOCKEDONNBA for $20 off your first purchase. Terms apply. Again, create an account and redeem the code L-O-C-K-E-D-O-N. NBA for $20 off. Download game time today. Last minute tickets, lowest price guaranteed. I don't know why I'm feeling so loose today. I'm not really, like I'm not loose loose. I'm just like, I feel like my my mouth is running. All right, anyway, doesn't matter. You don't care. Let's go on to the next one. It is the San Antonio Spurs getting their pants pulled down against the Milwaukee Bucks, 119-132. And, and honestly, that... um. That final score doesn't really indicate the blowout. So San Antonio obviously was without, or maybe not obvious, maybe you didn't know, without Victor Wembanyama. So Zach Collins played 29 minutes, 29 and 8, one steal, two block, blocks, four threes, 56%. A fantastic game. Absolutely fantastic. Wemby is probably going to play on Thursday. If you have Collins, hold him until we know. But like we've seen in the games that Wembanyama has been playing recently, Collins plays like 18 minutes and it's not enough. An excellent stream guy. I would hold just to see that Wemby plays Thursday, but otherwise we move on. We had the horse on the sell high show today, Keldon Johnson. He just responded with 28 and 12 on 69% shooting and a Jamarant esque 10 of 12 from the line. Great. It is a really big line with no threes, no steals, no blocks, and only one assist floated by insane percentages. So your sell high case is rock solid. Try to get a top 60 ish guy back. Sohan. 9, 11, and 8, one steal. Not great, but they've got another quality game coming up this week on Thursday. And he's a starting point guard playing 30 minutes a night. It's at least in point guard, in point, points leagues. I'm okay with trying him. While Branham, I think we're back to the, yeah, this is Malachi Branham. Like he had a couple of games of assists, but 12, 2, and 3, two threes. I was pretty skeptical of him being that guy. He's not that guy. Hold him for the low volume days, but that's it. And then Devin Vassell's buy low is as wide open as you could get. 17 points, 38% shooting, no steals, no blocks, three rebounds, two assists. It's been really bad for Vassell. I probably need to adjust my projections on him. I was below the field. I think a lot of people were bumping him into the 50s. I think I had him 70-ish maybe, which is still way too high for what he is at the moment. He's got room to improve, but he's just he's just not doing it, is he? And I'm definitely not dropping him, but... It's starting to enter the consideration. Trey Jones was okay, 14-1-5 in 24 minutes, not doing anything more than streaming him on low-volume outings. While, unfortunately, Julian Champagne, only two minutes. Yeah, I like him, but yeah, that's annoying. We saw Mamakilashvili get the backup minutes, 3-8 and eight with a steal and two blocks. Always going to be an interesting stream if Wimby is out. And Don Barlow played 11 minutes here too. For the Bucks, Lillard just dropped a 40 with seven threes, three steals, 64%. Fantastic game. He is eighth over the last two weeks now. And Bob Portis actually starting to play much better. 
and his minutes are up. He had 23 and 10 with three threes. I still don't buy him long-term as a must-roster, but while he's rolling, go with it. Yanni had 11 points, 33%. What? At least he had 14 rebounds, 16 assists, two steals and a block, but just a weird, weird night. While Lopez, 14 and five with six blocks, another six blocks from this man. He's been ridiculous. Unbelievably good. Chris Middleton was solid, 17, 3, and 4, while Beasley, 28 minutes, 7, and 4. I, If you're in a 10-teamer, I think we move on from Beasley. We know he can get red hot, but there's so many of these guys available. And in a 12, I would consider it. It would depend who I'm adding and what my process is to get more games in. But I wouldn't say he necessarily has to be a must-roster player. You can, I think, in a lot of cases, go and uh, move on from him. All right, did we have some happenings in the two late games? Phoenix goes to Portland and loses. Yeah, they lost. 104-112. Phoenix still obviously without Bradley Beal. No Keita Bates-Diop, who was out with a migraine. And Josh Kogi. they started Nasir Littleface, who had four points in 19 minutes. That is the deepest, deepest league guy only. Durant had 40. He had five assists, two steals. Booker had 26, three and seven on 44%. But it's a great reminder also for those of us in fantasy that Stars and Scrubs is extraordinarily risky because if your stars aren't there or if they're not working, you're done. You're cooked. And that is more and more uh, prevalent in deeper leagues. And the NBA is a 30-team league. So that is a problem. Um, Newark was pretty good, 9-13 and 13 with two steals and two blocks, while the Drew Eubanks, who was in the streams of the day, worked out all right. Five and six, one steal, three blocks. He's always just popping his little head in there. Grayson Allen, 11-9, 33 minutes, two steals. They play again on Friday. It's their last game for the week, but it does not matter because Saturday's a 13-game day. Then they play again on Monday. Gordon and Allen are, interest, are enough, good enough for 12-10 leagues, I think. It wasn't a great game from Eric Gordon, 5-3-4, but two steals. He shot 14%. He'll obviously be better there. Well, Jordy Goodwin played 20 and had two and six, and that's just a deeper league scenario. For Portland, Shaden Sharp was questionable heading into this game and then lasted eight minutes and didn't come back. He almost toned snailed. He had one rebound in that time. We knew that he was going to fall away after those guys came back, but it's been really hard. I would, that's what she said, I would hold on to him, um, but I'm definitely not foreclosing on the idea that he becomes a drop. And if he's out for, let's say they say, well, he's torn his groin in three weeks, I don't think that'll be the case. But if they do say that, I would be okay. If I didn't have the stash ability, I would move on because I don't think he's that good from a fantasy perspective with a healthy team. But what this does mean is that, again, for some reason that I, I, I don't understand, they started Malcolm Brogdon in the second half over Sterling Henderson. Maybe it's because Brogdon's better, which is very clearly true he is. Um, Brogdon, 32 minutes, 14-4-4, four, 50%. He's back on, guys. We go back and add him, and then we drop him later on. Scooter had nine points, four rebounds, six assists, 33%. That's rough. The six assists are nice. I do still feel that he is building. Now, we're getting to that stage after the injury from Scooty's back of Christmas being our next evaluation date, and it is moving towards more of you need to be top three in the standings to be holding Scoot, waiting for it to happen. Because it hasn't been very good. We know this. But it is getting better. It's getting slightly better and slightly better. He's 167th over the last two weeks. It's not awesome, but it's not 400th where he was like before the injury. It's getting better and better. And when you're in a position with the ability to stash and you're sitting good in the... Good, Jesus Christ. Sorry. Sorry, English. Sorry, James English for inventing the language. Um, when you're sitting nice and strongly at the top of the standings, then you can afford that. But if you're not, then you can't. There you go. 
get that tattooed across your ass. DeAndre Ayton played 40 minutes, 16 and 15, shot horribly. He went to the free throw line amazingly, was 4 or 4 there. He has been better than you ex- you think he's been, but he's also still one of the most annoying players to watch. And Jeremy Grant, he is one of the most annoying players to watch usually, but he's been really good. 22 points, 4 assists, 2 blocks, another good shooting night, 3 threes. They should trade him. We'll see if anyone gives up anything, though. Well, Tamani Kamara, only 22 minutes. He had nine boards, three steals, and a block. While Thibel had three steals and a block as well. Great defensive stats from Thibel and Kamara. The problem is, is they're both sort of eating each other's ass in terms of playing time. The absence of Sharp, if that actually happens, and I don't know that it happens, but if it does happen, it will open up a little bit there for Kamara and Thibel. But they are defensive sort of stream guys only. Thibel's an interesting one because... Could it be argued that you could just go and pluck him off waivers instead of holding on to Herb Jones? Yes. Like, very easily that could be argued. Because Jones isn't even getting defensive stats. And Thibault gets three steals in 21 minutes. Repeatedly. Not every game. But he did it again here. Not much else to talk about. I don't think... Yeah, I think that's that's it for that one. The next one probably has even more interesting things going on. The Boston Celtics losing overtime to the Golden State Warriors. That a huge lead. They biffed about five layup attempts on offensive rebounds in the final minute or so to put it into overtime. They lose 120... Is it 124? No, 126-132. The final score, um, Boston Golden State. Maximum Derek White. It annoys me. This annoys me. And this is just a personal rant to get off my chest. I love Derek White. I've been higher on Derek White than literally anybody for years. Years. So much so that any time that Derek White would have a game that was good or bad, you would see my name splashed everywhere. Yahoo chats, Reddit, whatever. Man, why has Josh Lloyd got this guy's dick in his mouth? All the time. And this year I go, yeah, I'm not, I'm not sure. I'm not sure he's going to get enough touches. I'm not sure he's going to get enough usage. I'm not really that excited about how his role looks as the fifth offensive option. Well, I guess I'm dumb because he's been amazing. 30 points, seven rebounds, seven triples, three blocks, 46 from the field, one of two from the line's annoying. I still maintain that this is a gigantic sell high for Derek White, but he's unbelievable. Jalen Brown played 41 minutes, 28, 8, and 7. They've got a game tomorrow, the Celtics. Don't be shocked if there's some uh, some guys um, taking a seat like young Skywalker. And one of those might be Jason Tatum, who sprained his ankle, came back into the game, but played 41 minutes. He didn't look right. He had 15 points on 29%, 8 rebounds, 7 assists, and 2 steals. Back-to-back, swollen ankle. Eh. Wouldn't be shocked if he sits it out. Just watch that one. Horford played 38 minutes. He is 100% sitting out tomorrow. 13, 12, and 6. You can go ahead and drop him and just add him when Porzingis is out. And what else do we have going on here? Uh, Drew Holiday. Yeah, look. Hmm. 13 and 7, 36 minutes. Is it arguable that Derek White is a better player than Drew Holiday at this point in time? I think it is. I think Derek White might be a better player than Drew Holiday at this point. Holiday is struggling a bit to fit in. We need to talk about Portuguese legend, Nemeus Keita. I'm trying to think of a funny Portuguese reference. I might actually pause it because that's something in my head, but I don't know the exact name of it. It wasn't as funny as I thought, but what I, we'll go with it. We're not going to get to talk about Nemeus Keita too much. The pastis de nata. Is that how I say it, all you Portuguese people? Because he is, um, yeah, that's a great, great game. He's actually looked pretty good. He's on a two-way. I think he gets a full-time contract at some point. Defensively, he still can struggle, but he had 10 and 10 in 21 minutes. Now, there were two things that had to happen. No Porzingis and no Cornette. It's conceivable that he takes over the role from Cornette at some point, but that role is a guy that barely plays because usually all of the 48 minutes at center are Porzingis and Horford. So don't get your hopes up too much, but he might actually be worth an interesting stream tomorrow, although I think you can probably find um, other guys to fill in your hole. Giggity. 
Steph hits the game winner. 33 points, 38 minutes, six dribbles, six assists. Good to see a bounce back after the last game. And Clay was also pretty good. Now, inefficient again, but 24, four and four with six dribbles. He's at least getting good volume. But you didn't hear me come to talk about Steph. You didn't hear me come to talk about Clay. You hear me, you heard me come to talk about Trace Jackson Davis. And we said last game, hmm, this is really interesting because he outplayed both Kevon Looney and Dario Saric. He's clearly a better fantasy player than Looney and Saric. If he gets more minutes than them again, we are on and we are on. We are absolutely on. He's their best center at the moment. 10 and 13 for Jackson Davis, three blocks. Now, the problem here is Steve Kerr and rookies. He was the 10th guy to enter the game. He didn't play at all in the first quarter, but he started overtime. He closed it out. He's clearly the best guy at this point. I think you add him. If I had a siren, I'd be adding him, right? We sort of gave the lukewarm, hmm, what's going on here? In the last game, and that's interesting. We're adding him. Really, yeah, it could completely blow up in our face, right? Just it could, He might get completely dicked and Looney plays 25 crippled minutes and Jackson Davis plays eight and we go, Steve Kerr and rookies, what are you going to do? But you don't let it slide past. He's at 1% rostered. It is going to fly up. He will be at 18 tomorrow. You add him now and you figure it out later. I know you're going to come in with the questions. Do I drop this guy, drop this guy? I, I can't make those specific decisions for your roster. The other thing is, is it, why do you want me to? It's, it is your team, and part of the fun of fantasy, I guess, is doing things yourself. Um, but I'm giving the advice that we add this the add this guy. Like You make the decision whether you fit it in and it makes sense for you. It's more about alerting you to how I see it and what can happen moving forward versus very, very specific, can I do this, this, or this? You can do whatever you want, all right? But it's, and it's hard for me to get back to all the answers and that, so I do apologize anyway. The bucket, John Kaminga, 34 minutes, 17 and 7, two steals, 62%. Got the extra minutes in this one because Pajemski got injured, which we'll talk about in a second. That's enough to roster him. He is a punt free throw guy. He hasn't hit a free throw for two games. I think he's 0 of 6 in the last two games. That's a bit, bit frustrating, but 17 and 7 with two steals, really good. And some very, very good defense on Tatum at the end of regulation, I think it was, to force overtime. Um, really good stuff from him. The role for him was pushing up before the suspension. It's strong now. And what we also saw was Andy Wiggins, who started the second half with Pajemski injured. He went back to being uh, the 305th best player in fantasy, Andy Wiggins. Six points, 18%, no defensive stats. We saw him have a big game last time. We go, oh, is he back? And we go, yeah, we've seen it before. All right, let's see what happens. Uh, like, I, 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 I think he's done. Get that garbage out of here. Yeah. Like, I, how do you hold him? I, I'd much rather have a Kaminga... Or a Jackson Davis. Oh, there's an advice of who to drop to get Jackson Davis. I'd much rather have him. Sharich was pretty good as well. 11 and 6 in 15 minutes. And that is a little bit of a threat to Jackson Davis. But the minutes were obviously not in his favor. And Looney had 3 and 6 in 14 minutes. And unfortunately for Gavon Looney, playing 82 games and playoff stretches over the last couple of years, um, I think might have finished him. And I had a, had a wild conversation. I love, I love recanting conversations because I like having conversations with people, sometimes in the comments here on YouTube or on Twitter. It's respectful. We go back and forth, and, and it, it gives me stuff to talk about and, and debate on the show as well. When someone was talking about my take on injuries, which you're well aware, past injury health does not mean that you stay healthy, as you, as you, you know, and I will continue to show this. But someone said, yeah, look, well, I disagree, Josh, because I go in, I pick the guys that, that, are, that are durable and healthy, um, yeah, I go in, I get the, I get Mikhail Bridges, I choose him, and I choose a Kavon Looney because you know they're going to play every game. And I go, Kavon Looney, the, the man that missed like the first two years of his career, basically, because oh, I don't care what happened back then. It's only what's happened recently. So 
all it takes then is for someone to get injured and then your opinion changes on him. And I think Looney pushing, being so important to him to play 82 games, and I'm a little worried about Anthony Davis pushing through a million injuries at the moment, that it has sort of ruined him. He, he doesn't he doesn't look good at all, Looney. That was a, a long story to tell you that Looney looks pretty cooked. As for Pajemski, he got like a big whack early in the um, in the game, in the first half, went to the locker room pretty gingerly after a hard fall, didn't return. He was back on the bench towards the end of the game. He had five and five. Might hit up his dad and see how he is. Because uh, old John loves to DM that guy. He was massively just talking up his his son all through the uh, pre-draft process. So me and Johnny now uh, can go back and forth. As for Pajemski, five and five in 16 minutes. I would ho- I'm holding him. He still is good. Five and five in 16 minutes is pretty strong production still with a three, with a steal. I just don't know the severity here. The question I know you're going to throw, would you drop Pajemski for Jackson Davis? I don't think so. I feel way more confident in Pajemski. No, if Pajemski gets hurt and he's out a long time, then sure. I feel more confident in Pajemski just nailing down a starting spot, whereas at the moment, Jackson Davis is third string. That could very easily change. And in fact, it might change the next game. But I would find somebody else. Chris Paul, 9.7 rebounds and 12 assists is good enough. But you, you do worry about the old uh, wash wash monster coming up on him. That is the game's done from Tuesday. Let us go through... What are we going to do now? Let's do stream of the day recap because it's unfortunate because Pajemski was one of the big parts of it. The 10-team stream was Grayson Allen. He had 11-9 and with two steals, which is fine. It's not super. The 12-team stream was Pajemski, 5-5 five and five with a, an assist and a steal, but he got hurt. The 14-team worked out pretty well. Malachi Branham, 12-2-3, a steal or no steals, no blocks. And then the 16-team worked out really well. Drew Eubanks, 5.6 rebounds, one assist, one steal, three blocks. Pajemski was the points guy, 14.5 on Yahoo and 15 on ESPN. Let's um, yeah, let's go and do the monstrous line of the night. Who do you think it is? Who do you think got it? Who do you think was lucky enough to take Charlie home tonight? Who is the monstrous line of the night for you? Uh, I'll tell you who it is for me as soon as I can find what I'm trying to push. Yes, that is the button that I need to push. The monstrous line of the night is Damian Lillard. 40 points, four assists, three steals, great shooting. He was uh, he was fantastic. The waiver wire line of the night is also the same player who is the young gun of the night. And I think you know who it is. It is Trace Jackson Davis. And I believe that is back-to-back young guns for Davis. Well, not back-to-backs. The last two games that he's played, he's won it. And if you're looking for any advice on how to run an NBA team, maybe just look at the Young Gun of the Night award winner. Jackson Davis, 10 points, 13 rebounds, three blocks. Very, very clear flyer ad. The Dart of the Night. And I I actually think this might... Is this a back-to-back here as well? I think it might be. Herbalife Jones, seven points, one rebound, two assists. Not looking very good for Herb at the moment. Let's have a look at the top six players from the games on Tuesday, all four of those games. We will start by looking at the top six category league players. Lillard was one, followed by Brandon Ingram, Jonas Valanciunas, Kevin Durant, Steph Curry, and then Ja Morant. The, um, I'll the question again. We're talk- I'm doing a lot of pronunciation and accent stuff today. When I do things and it, the auto transcription stuff comes out, I call him Ja Morant, and the transcription hears my accent and calls him J-A-R, Right? And I've had actually Americans go, oh, you're calling him Jar, J-A-R. How do you say that? That's not Jar. Like, Jar. Do you have to cut it? Jar. How do you say it? 
jar. Jar. Jar Morant. I've lost my mind, clearly. That's what happens. Mrs. has gone for a, a girl's trip, so I'm here by myself and, and the dog. I've just lost, I've lost it. Anyway, the top... <laughs> what, what a show. The top players rostered under 50% of leagues. The first two players, I don't think this happened before, both rookies picked in the 50s. Number one, Trace Jackson Davis. Number two, Tamani Kamara. Kamara was pretty good. Don't really need to look too much in that. He's a very good player, though. The old Belgian dip. Matisse Steibel, very good streamer. Look at this list of players. Vince Williams, starting two-way legend. He's a nice deep league guy for now. Nemeus Keita. What was the that was the word? The what did I call it? The um, Pastis Donata. Double double. Maybe look at him tomorrow. And the last one is Trey Jones. These sort of players, Jackson Davis, Kamara, Williams, Kata, they're around everywhere. Not around everywhere, but that's unfair. That's why I do truly believe in, in expansion. Not that these teams are going to come in and be good straight away, or that we don't have some terribly organized and run teams at the moment we do. So there are so many guys who you just never see who could easily become strong rotation players, like Williams and Kamara, Jackson Davis, Kata. These sort of guys can be useful. And they were there. But I need to move on because, again, I'm just maybe I'm going to say something's going to get me cancelled. Who knows? Yahoo points, top six players. Giannis at one, Lillard at two, Morant, Durant. Oh, that sounds weird. I've got to say their names fully. Ja Morant, uh, Kevin Durant, Derek Whiteant. <laughs> what is wrong with me? And Brandon Ingram was the sixth player on the Yahoo points lists. Now, let's do our checklist. What are the big takeaways? Trace Jackson Davis. Yep, we're adding and we're seeing. Grayson Allen, cool. Not as exciting, but some value. And then Brogdon, just in case Sharp is out. The drops, just be careful with this. Don't just look at this graphic and pause and go, Josh said to drop. I think you can consider, in a points league, where we're definitely moving on from Herb Jones, not a problem. Jack him off like he is gone. Get that garbage out of here. In a 10-team category, fine with it. 12-team? All right, here's the question again. Would I, as, as the graphic moves away, I better put that back up again just so I can uh, hit the... Um, yeah, keep talking about it because I was too slow. Ah, oh, it's gone. All right, that's cool. We'll fix that anyway. What do we, what do we do with Herb Jones? Like in a, would I drop Herb Jones for Trace Jackson Davis? I think I might. I think I might. The other drop on that list was Malik Beasley again. Points leagues definitely. Ten team categories probably yes. Twelve team de- depends. Would I drop Malik Beasley for Trace Jackson Davis? Probably yes. Again. We sort of know what Beasley is, a points and threes guy who's hot and cold and he's struggling with illness and he's he's up and down. He'll provide value, but you can find a lot of those guys at different points. I think I just want to have a crack at Trace Jackson Davis. And that is the end of a very, very weird show. Do you want to be a double banger? Get in here with me. Watch the show on video, listen on audio, download it multiple times, grab your missus's phone and, and watch it on her account. She's like, what is this bullshit? Who's this guy? Good interpretation there. Or maybe it's your husband. And you go, well, you listen to this bloke from Australia. You like that bloke accent, do you? Why is he talking in Australian accent? I don't know. Because the role play's gone wild here. Anyway, subscribe, thumbs up, all that stuff. Tell your friends, tell your missus, tell your husband, tell your partner, tell your kids, tell your brother, tell your sister, and tell them to subscribe. Hit the thumbs up. And guys, we've got to get out of here before I do say really something bad. We are done here. Thank you so much for listening, everyone. See ya.